Welcome to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored with co-host Dr. Gerald Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and thank you, Freddie, for that great introductory solo. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce, uh, as usual, with an attitude of gratitude because we know that an attitude of gratitude makes you happier and healthier. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all, inf- all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight uh, we have a special guest, Dr. Murdoch, Murdoch Kaliji. Uh, he will be calling in shortly, and we'll tell you about him. We're going to be talking about CBD and the endocannabinoid system, the ca- cannabidiol, uh, if you will. And uh, if you can pronounce that, you're not drunk and you can pass the field sobriety test. So we're going to be talking about that next week, and we're going to be talking about Dr. Smith's uh, book, which will will be released soon on how to get to the root of the problem, and he'll tell you more about that. And next week, we will uh, allow more time for call-ins, more time for interaction with our audience. So with that introduction, I see Dr. Smith. Let me say hello, Dr. Smith. Good evening. Got a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's been almost a year, I think, since we had a a CBD program and uh, looking forward to some common uh, sense uh, and more easily understood explanation this time. So 
Uh, I'm looking forward to it also, Dr. Jerry. So, Dr. Jerry, while, while we're waiting for uh, uh, Dr. Kaliji to call in, uh, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what's in your new book and what, what we will be talking about next week? Uh, well, I'm really excited. The reason I wrote the book about uh, three, four weeks ago, uh, an Alzheimer patient that I was being uh, that I was treating uh, came in, and when I first saw him, he, um, he basically uh, was like a deer in headlights. You know, glazed look on his face, uh, non-responsive. Physically, had to put him into the chair. You know, to for do uh, the examination and everything. And three months later, he came in uh, like fully coherent in the sense that I could say, Patrick, please sit down. And he understood and he sat down. He was still babbling, but what was interesting, he basically had three splinters. I call them splinters or initiators in his brain. Uh, mercury, Lyme infection, and glyphosate. And basically, that's all I was treating is those three things in his brain. And the family and his wife are like amazed. So the whole focus on the book is to find, to find the core issues. And that's not being done in medicine. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, integrative medicine is not focusing in on this, uh, this area. And, and I don't know why, uh, but all I can tell you is that we're flipping people around with all kinds of problems by just defining the core issue. So that's, I'm excited about it. I, I think a lot of people are going to get incredible benefit and insight into their problem. Okay, so we'll, we'll discuss that book next week, and uh, maybe Dr. Jerry uh, will offer a, a, a carrot to someone that answers some of his uh, questions. A carrot mean maybe he'll even sign a book for you. We'll and, and shipping is free and handling. <laughs> <laughs> free shipping and handling. Really great. <laughs> Well, next week, uh, we also have a segment where we're going to give you and talk about the latest news. Uh, there's a big push on now to get everybody to take statins. But at the same time, uh, there's lots of articles that now uh, admit that uh, the statins cause insulin resistance. We'll talk about uh, uh, an article Dr. Jerry sent me about the cross-contamination found in uh, children's vaccines. We'll talk about... Um, the LASIK procedure for your eyes and how the inventor of that doesn't even think it should be done anymore. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, EMF. Uh, there's some, and this is all stuff that just came out this week. And A, cholesterol again. You know, at first you can eat eggs, then you can't eat eggs. So maybe we can touch on what is the real uh, issue here uh, about eggs. So, um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I see that Dr. Kaliji is 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 on the studio in the studio, and I want to take this opportunity now uh, to introduce him and uh, and our topic tonight, which is CBD cannabidiol. Uh, Dr. Kaliji, uh, the uh, I understand he's called Dr. Murdoch, is a senior medical advisor for Elevate Hemp and has written numerous health and wellness books and spoken on such topics extensively. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. He's been on The Doctors 2020 and CNN. Guess what? Now he's on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. I don't know what's happening to his career. But anyway, Dr. Kaliji has helped launch multiple testing companies that focus on creating scientific rigor for supplement therapies. 
Through such trials and testing, he has developed an expertise on the endocannabinoid system. And don't get upset with that big word. We'll explain that later. And the potential for treatments targeting this system. He is passionate for natural interventions that can decrease pain, inflammation, support mood, and stable energy. And whatever we told you for the last five years, most chronic diseases have inflammation as their source. As the, uh, Dr. Jerry likes to say, the splinter, the root cause. I also see that uh, Dr. Kaliji is a, an engineer and has a business degree. So without further ado, let me bring in uh, Dr. Murdoch Kaliji. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. And it, boy, it couldn't have come at a better time because it's been over a year since we really discussed the CBD uh, products and uh, and now I want maybe you, you can you know, of course we have a lot to cover and uh, especially with the new farm bill uh, making hemp legal I understand so um, I want to also introduce you to Dr. Jerry Dr. Jerry Smith my co-host and he uh, has a practice in Langhorne Pennsylvania I'm thrilled to talk to you both well let me introduce the subject uh, because uh, it's a, it, is, it is sort of a miracle oil. It's the latest craze. I hate to say this on the air, Dr. Murdoch, but it's a proven natural therapy from everything from pain to cancer. But in my opinion, that's, that's going to, what's going to make it doomed. Because why? It's safe, cheap, effective, and natural. I know that doesn't sound like a problem, though, to you, but our, our listeners know that the big pharmaceutical companies, I don't think they're going to let this one lie down too long. Uh, so that's why uh, you won't hear a lot about it from the big pharmaceutical companies. But I've been sold on the stuff. Dr. Jerry sold on the stuff, and I've heard some amazing things about it. And uh, of course, I went to medical school in the early '60s. I don't want to tell you how early. I could tell you for sure I had never and was never told or taught the endocannabinoid system. It wasn't even controversial because it didn't exist, uh, and I don't know how it came out of nowhere. But it did not exist, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, Dr. Murdoch, could you maybe go through uh, what is the uh, endocannabinoid system? Then we can talk about where the, this product comes from. I would be delighted. So the endocannabinoid system exists in everyone. Every human being on the planet has an endocannabinoid system. And what that means is throughout our bodies, we have certain receptors that are primed for stimulation by certain chemical compounds. This is not unlike our inherent endorphin system, which all of our bodies have to help us deal with pain. And the endorphin system people are more familiar with, that's our body itself making small amounts of opiates that directly stimulate receptors. And I'm not talking about the opiates you take externally in pills or drugs, but I'm talking about opiates generated uh, within the body to stimulate the receptors to help with pain. Similarly, our, bod our bodies have these endocannabinoid receptors, which are prime for stimulation by certain chemical compounds. Now, our body can make uh, some of these compounds. There are what are called endocannabinoids that stimulate these receptors. But it's been found that exogenous uh, cannabinoids, like CBD or cannabidiol, can stimulate these receptors and have all sorts of beneficial effects like you started to describe. Okay, so um, 
just clear up for our audience uh, about cannabinoids and, and how are they related to THC? What part are they? Are, are the CBD the is CBD from the same plant where that they get marijuana from? Is it from the hemp? Is it from the leaf? Is it from uh, the stalk or, or the? What, what can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So when people think of marijuana and its effects, really marijuana is is the cannabis plant which has multiple active ingredients. The active in, uh, ingredients, the effects that most people think of are due to something called THC. So THC in the marijuana plant, in the cannabis plant, can cause a lot of marijuana's psychoactive effects, uh, you know, the altered thinking, um, and sometimes extreme side effects. Meanwhile, there's another active ingredient, CBD, cannabidiol, which has multiple different effects that can help with sleep, and inflammation and pain. Now, those active ingredients are also present in other plants. Specifically, hemp plant has also has THC and CBD, except unlike marijuana that has fairly high concentrations of THC, the psychoactive component uh, found in the cannabis plant, hemp is primarily CBD. Sometimes there are very, very low, con- uh, low concentration of THC, but typically in such minute amounts that it doesn't have any active effects. So almost all of the active effects in the hemp plant are due to CBD. Excellent explanation. Thank you. So CBD is not psychoactive. So the, the, the our listeners that, that take it, they're not going to get high. Correct. Interestingly, Correct. not only is it not psychoactive, but it's actually known to be somewhat calming. And research suggests that the CBD actually decreases the psychoactive effect of THC. So there's a lot of different cannabis strains, and those strains can vary in their THC and CBD amounts. The higher the CBD, the less of those psychoactive or high experiences you're going to feel from the THC. And and just while we're talking about that, there's there there is from what I have read, no lethal. Over- Clinically, I still see patients. Uh, my primary clinical practice is in the emergency department, and people often say, "Well, you can't overdose on marijuana." I'll tell you, I have seen hundreds of patients who have come in for the psychoactive effects of marijuana. Um, they're on a quote bad trip, or they're they're high, or they used it for the first time and don't like how it feels. I've never seen that for CBD. Excellent. Yeah, once in my career. Yeah. Yep. Well, Dr. Murdoch, I have a quick question for you. Uh, the THC, does that have the potential effect of shrinking one's brain or causing it to reach a plateau in development? You know, in terms of development, it's still not well understood THC's effect on the developing brain um, because no one wants to do a study like that uh, the proper way, which is prospectively, (laughs) where you administer a younger brain uh, THC, at least on the human brain. Um, Retrospective studies do suggest that THC can have an uh, atrophy effect on the brain uh, that persists into adulthood. Interestingly, we don't see that with CBD. We don't see any really a, a persistent anatomical effects, short-term or long-term. Now, also of interest, I came across some information where the CBD is kind of like a reset button on your electronic device where it resets the receptors throughout the body 
to make them function more normally. Is that a, a correct assessment? Uh, that that is, uh, you know, our bodies have this tendency towards what's called homeostasis, which is the natural state of our body. Our body likes to self-regulate. Um, for for example, if we take in a rush of carbohydrates or sugar, and our blood sugar level spikes, well, we then secrete more insulin, which lowers our blood sugar and gets it back to its normal state. That sort of system exists all throughout our body in all sorts of physiological levels. The problem is, is when that system gets overwhelmed. CBD can help stimulate our, the endocannabinoid system, which can promote homeostasis for, in, in various areas, most prominently with inflammation. Our body, it, having higher levels of inflammation is not the natural state of our body. Unfortunately, because of changes in diet and lifestyle that have happened over centuries to millennia, we have higher levels of inflammation than our bodies are used to. And so those typical systems can become overwhelmed. That endocannabinoid system can help start to restore some of that homeostasis that our body wants to achieve with the lower levels of inflammation. And Dr. Murdoch, uh, are you happy and uh, with the scientific uh, and clinical information on CBD uh, as you promote it and use it? Well, what's, what's interesting is I, I study novel therapies on a few different levels. Uh, the first is through research. And there is an impressive amount of research in CBD to a point where while many things are debated, there are certain things uh, in, in medicine, there are certain things not debated, and that's CBD has an anti-inflammatory effect. There is now such a preponderance of literature demonstrating CBD's anti-inflammatory effect that that's now given and accepted. The questions around CBD now focus on, well, what's the best route of administration? Can it, because it can be absorbed transdermally or through the skin, can it be a local anti-inflammatory? It's sort of those, those more delicate things are, are what's being investigated now. So, so we know that in the literature, and that's supported uh, through various types of biomarker studies that show that CBD can lower markers of inflammation. That's one level. But then the other level is what people actually experience, and I know – in my own experience, directly, hundreds, maybe thousands of people who have felt beneficial effects from CBD. And then the final level is, you know, I, I don't believe in suggesting to anyone something that I wouldn't try myself. So I, I still remember the first time I tried CBD. Um, I wasn't really thinking about it. It was almost on a lark. And then later that day, I was doing something, and I noticed some things, completely forgetting that I had taken the CBD that morning. And I noticed I felt very calm, but not tired, not fatigued. I felt very focused. And my shoulder, which I had sh shoulder surgery two to three months before and had, had still had some persistent pain from recovery, I wasn't feeling any pain. At the time, again, I forgot I even took the CBD that morning. I just noticed the feelings. And then later, as I thought about it, I put it back together. And I know that's only a sample size of one. That's anecdotal. That's just me. But between all the research, between all the people I know, and my own personal experience, I'm fairly confident uh, CBD can be beneficial to a lot of people. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty then. Um, well, it, it's mainly sourced. You, is it mainly sourced from hemp at this time? So there are two sources of CBD. Uh, one is from marijuana. Uh, the other is from hemp. As I mentioned. Okay. 
it's, it's more predominantly in hemp compared to THC, uh, which offers some benefit in making sure you can get pure CBD without uh, contamination from THC for those that want to avoid THC. Um, because most legal statutes in states that uh, have prohibitions on marijuana still require that if you take a CBD product, there be less than 0.3% of THC present in it. The other, the other uh, reason it's mainly sourced from hemp is hemp, um, especially now with the farm bill that was recently passed, is, is legal in, in all states. So there's no legal prohibitions like there still exists with um, marijuana in, in many states. That's a, that's a great explanation. All right. My my brother would always tell me as I was laboring in the office till uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, I don't think the young guys do that anymore, but he would always say uh, if work was any good, they'd give it to uh, babies and old people. So is it safe for, the, for kids and elderly? Um, you know, frankly, there's just not enough literature yet, and so I can't confidently uh, – suggest that it that it might be most of the research done has been uh, done on adults so while it certainly may be uh, I, I cannot I cannot confidently state that it is I, what I can say is with the elderly most of the times our, our concerns with the elderly relate to how it might be metabolized you know our concerns in in pedi- pediatrics with with kids is future development. That's really hard to study because you have to follow them for a lot of years. With the elderly, future development isn't as much of a concern. It's, it's, it's processing uh, in real time. And what I can say is uh, cannabidiol is fairly easy meta- easily metabolized. We haven't found that it can put stressors um, on any of the major organs, unlike, say, anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, Aleve, which we know uh, is metabolized through the kidneys, and then the elderly can cause stress on the kidneys. Okay. Dr. Murdoch, if the uh, CBD oil that's produced from the hemp oil, does that contain some omega-3s and omega-6s in there? Yeah, so, so hemp is a source of, of omega fatty acids and has a pretty healthy ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. Omega sixes. The presence of that is going to vary by manufacturer. Yes, absolutely. Some manufacturers of hemp, hemp oil will also have some uh, essential uh, omega fatty acids, but but not all. Some purify the hemp uh, to the level of the CBD so that fatty acids aren't a significant presence. That's that's going to vary by manufacturer. Yeah, yeah I would think that they would want to enhance the uh, amount of omega-6s uh, just because of our uh, interview with Dr. Peskin where the omega-6s help to repair the actual cell membrane and make it more efficient. Yeah, there's no question that omega fatty acids have a healthful beneficial effect. I, I think what makes it vary by manufacturer is, is really their goal. Are they trying to offer general healthful benefits? Um, and some people believe that the combination of different ingredients in hemp oil, both the CBD and the omega fatty acids, can together have a synergistic beneficial effect. Others are really trying to offer a pure solution for those that want purely CBD and are not looking to have anything else present in their CBD. I don't think either is wrong. I, I, I think uh, I think I, it just comes down to what your preference is. Well, what's amazing from the literature that I was reading with the hemp oil has all the essential amino acids and the parent uh, 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 omega 
uh, you know, three and sixes, which make it like a complete uh, healthy uh, food source. Yeah. E- one of the many changes our, uh, our society has undergone over the over the last few centuries to millennia is while we do still get omega fatty acids in our diet, we one tend to get far less, and two tend to have a much higher ratio of omega six fatty acids to omega three fatty acids um, compared to our ancestors. And it's that ratio because they, they fight for the same receptors. They compete for the same receptors, the two types of fatty acids, that's really is most key. So generally it's recommended that you want to try and get a higher omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. That's not to say that omega-6 fatty acids aren't helpful. It's just generally the ratio is we, we lack omega-3s more than we lack omega-6s. Hemp oil has a fairly good omega-3 to omega-6 um, fatty acid ratio. So it's certainly something... Uh, when the fatty acids are present, that can help improve that ratio. Dr. Dr. Murdoch, all right, so let's get uh, where the tire meets the road here and talk about some treatment uh, uh, that the, the CBD oil is used for. We have a large number of listeners that always are asking about Parkinson's disease and some other neurodegenerative type diseases. Uh, could you first maybe talk about that and then uh, its application and use in, in athletics? Absolutely. At the start of your show, you, ref- you commented on how inflammation has been associated with so many disease processes, and it's absolutely true, and we definitely have higher amounts of inflammation than our ancestors did because of changes in our diets and lifestyle. And CBD can help reduce inflammation. That has beneficial effects for many different groups. One's for athletes. So for high-end athletes, and and even those that aren't high-end, a a, a big limitation of their effort, their output, is their ability to recover. And both recover in terms of their feeling and overall muscle soreness, but also on the microscopic level. For the tears that are created in muscle fibers to heal uh, and become stronger. CBD, because of its an anti-inflammatory, can potentially accelerate that healing process or at the very least can help reduce the pain that athletes experience uh, in between their workouts. And so it can potentially allow for just exerting more effort uh, because you're feeling less pain, similar to how some athletes might take ibuprofen or Tylenol when they're exerting themselves, but also because of the lower levels of inflammation for those athletes that work out so much that they develop this chronic inflammation in their bodies that is limiting their ability to, to heal quickly and recover, CBD might be able to accelerate that. that Dr. Murdoch, yeah, Dr. Murdoch, could the CBD be effectively applied topically with like DMSO to drive it into an area of injury? It, it is believed so. So CBD, unlike some other anti-inflammatories, uh, is absorbed pretty well uh, transdermally through the skin. And because of that, there's, there's a lot of talk about, well, can, can CBD be a good source of lo- uh, applying a local anti-inflammatory? For example, if, if one's knees are acting up um, to, help, to help calm it down. 
without having to be absorbed systemically. There's been a little bit of research on this. There's a scant amount of literature that is suggestive that it, it can and can be effective. There is not that preponderance of liter literature like there is about C CBD as an anti-inflammatory in general. For me to confidently state it can definitely apl be applied as a lo local anti-inflammatory. But between CBD's known anti-inflammatory effects and being known it can be absorbed transdermally through the skin to a local area, and then the little bit of literature present, and then finally, a lot of anecdotal experience. There are a lot of people that use CBD topically that swear by it. I think that if, if there's there should be strong consideration to trying it if someone has a difficult time taking systemic medications like anti-inflammatories um, and other topicals haven't helped. Anecdotally, you know, I have that friend that's going through the esophageal problem, esophageal yes. carcinoma, mm -hmm. and it topic she can't take anything by mouth. A topical CBD gets her a good night's sleep. Wonderful. It, it, and but I, you know, observation does improve causation, but you know, it uh, observation studies are are important. Well, I, I, I hear countless stories like that. Absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Murdoch, is uh, CBD, is there any contraindications with any other medications or herbs or any vitamins? You know, it's uh, CBD, while it's been stud, uh, studied and known to be an anti-inflammatory, it's still relatively young in its research. That's why we don't know a lot about how it might affect the elderly and how it might affect youth and and becoming 100% confident that it, that it has beneficial effects topically. So a lot of the interactions uh, have not been studied as, as thoroughly as other medications. What we do know is there are not significant reports about such interactions like we typically see with a lot of other supplemental therapies. And what we also can at least guess is physiologically, because the endocannabinoid system is its own unique system, and that's where CBD focuses, most likely what it would have interactions with is with other therapies that stimulate the endocannabinoid system, which is primarily, uh, other than CBD, is THC or marijuana. Well, uh, Dr. Khaliji, Dr. Murdoch, how about the different delivery systems? Since we we talked about topical, what 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 delivery systems are available to our our listeners? Oh, you know, one of my one of my great fortunes um, has been to work in this industry uh, that has developed products. I specifically work with Elevate Hemp, and so we've, we've had the ability to develop a slew of products that can be absorbed by different modalities. Um, for example. And we've already talked about transdermally through the skin. And then you can also swallow it uh, completely. But there's also sublingual, which is when you absorb it under the tongue. Um, there's even, even chewable, where the active ingredient CBD comes out uh, in the gum, not unlike nicotine gum, uh, except yeah. with CBD. So there's there's more increasing number of forms. And I'm, I'm excited by that because I found that people experience the effects differently based on the, how they absorb it, whether it be through local application, uh, through the skin, 
versus you know absorbing it more directly into the bloodstream under the tongue uh, versus swallowing it it whole. And sometimes it takes a little trial and error to figure out the optimal system for you. But I think having having those options is is exciting. Yeah. Well, I have two I have two questions. One uh, will be one that Dr. Smith probably is going to ask, and I'll I'll just I'll ask that second. But how about this the Parkinson's people? Because I'm getting chat. In my chat room, getting people asking about Parkinson's. Any experience on your part, or any uh, evidence from your reading about uh, Parkinson's disease? Certainly. So, in terms of direct research between CBNE and Parkinson's, no. It, the 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 field is still too young uh, with with CBD. But that's not to say there aren't beneficial effects. You know, Parkinson. Parkinson's, a neurodegenerative disorder, like many neurodegenerative disorders, Alzheimer's, et cetera, is associated with inflammation, like so many conditions. You said it at the start of your show. Pretty much every major chronic disease has an inflammatory component. CBD can help reduce inflammation, and therefore it's intuitive that it may have beneficial effects in Parkinson's. That's one level. The other level is the discomfort um, people with Parkinson's can, can feel, and I don't mean pain. Um, but I mean, it's it's an uncomfortable condition uh, as a movement disorder, and so so the CBD can potentially uh, assist with some of that discomfort. Again, I'm I'm not suggesting that it's researched, and we know that that it's effective. But if you think about the physiological mechanisms, it's intuitive that it certainly could be. And well, one I just, that I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm waiting for Dr. Smith to ask, and then I'll let him ask his question. Is it good sure. for pets? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there's actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've mentioned that uh, not a ton of research has been done with pediatrics and elderly, but there's been some research with pets, uh, <laughs> and and I, I, both from a research level and again that anecdotal level, hearing hearing personal experiences, I've had plenty of people say I gave CBD to my pet, and there, you know, their arthritis that was causing, you know, the dog to limp seemed to improve. And then also, again, we are not seeing those negative reports. We're not seeing the reports of the CBD overdose or the CBD interaction with this medication causing a significant uh, outcome. So I would say uh, it is not unreasonable to explore. You probably want to talk to your vet. They could probably speak better to it than I can. Um, but it is, not, it is not unreasonable to try. Well, since, since you're new to the program, Dr. Jerry has two, two little kicks. Uh, cats. <laughs> we can have a drive-in like McDonald's window. We just put your cat's head in there, and we'll give them the CBD oil. <laughs> but uh, all kidding aside, with you know, it's interesting with the neurodegenerative uh, diseases. Um, I've been flipping a lot of rocks lately, and one of my big finds is that with Parkinson's or even Alzheimer's, there's splinters, there's initiators, and one in particular. Uh, we had a, a patient recently who was like flailing, walking abnormally, and he had basically five pesticides in his brain, which of course is going to cause inflammation. And when I start treating the actual splinter, the cause, his, his gait and control was like dramatically improved. So the key, I think, in the whole equation, CBD and all these other natural anti-inflammatories are wonderful, but the you have to look at you know the core issues. And, uh, and that's what I'm all excited about with my book, because I have a, some really interesting cases uh, regarding this. 
I completely agree. CBD is just one component. Um, you know, we've, we've said now a few times that part of the reason for increased chronic inflammation is, is changes in our lives over the last few century to millennia. And we think about what are those changes? Well, one is, one is diet. Uh, we eat a lot more processed foods, um, a lot more grains, a lot more dairy. Those sort of changes are known to promote inflammation. And so if you, while it's, imp, it's nearly impossible to live a completely agrarian lifestyle like our ancestors, if you can make changes where you're, having, you're doing less of those foods and doing more natural, whole, unprocessed foods, um, you know, uh, organic vegetables, some fruits, some other healthful foods, uh, and tr- doing other things that mirror our ancestors, whether it be have more physical activity, get more vitamin D uh, from su- sun exposure, get more omega-3s through fish or um, uh, plants that are rich in omega-3s, you know, the more changes like that that you can make, I'm certain the more inciting factors you can decrease. Um, but it's impossible to be perfect, and so sometimes uh, therapies like CBD can be can be assistive as well. Well, one of the things, our ancestors didn't have the exposure to glyphosate, and clinically I'm finding glyphosate in almost uh, 98% of my patients, and it's really frightening. Uh People aren't looking for it, but it's, it's being trapped in the different organs. I found uh, the one patient with the Alzheimer's actually had it in his brain. That was one of the factors that I had a detox. So, you know, our ancestors were lucky, you know, that they didn't have all these uh, chemtrails to worry about, Fukushima radiation to worry about, Chernobyl radiation, and, and all these pesticides. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, one of my personal strivings and, and certainly – try to do with with my patients and uh, through other modalities is can we can we enjoy the advances of society while still trying to live as closely to our agrarian roots as possible in terms of our, our diet and limiting other exposures and while we'll never be perfect and that's why supplemental therapies can be helpful um, I think we can at least move more in that direction uh, than we've been in the last couple of generations well, quick question. Yeah, there's like about 512 compounds that are the cannabinoids. Are any of them uh, like antioxidant in, in their function? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you point out uh, something great that, you know, I focused on the THC, which are the highest concentration and most known active ingredients present in marijuana and hemp. But there are others. There are many, many others. Um, and, and there's an increasing amount of study of those others, and while they're not necessarily as active as THC and CBD or found in such high concentrations, you know, we're studying the other effects they may have either in isolation or in interaction with, with the other components in hemp and marijuana, and some of those are certainly antioxidant effects, which, which definitely have beneficial effects on um, inflammation and help reduce the damage from from free radicals. Yeah. Could you please explain a little bit about the CBD1 and the CBD2 receptors and their differences? Absolutely. So the endocannabinoid system is primarily two receptors, um, and they go by different names. Uh, you, you just mentioned one of those names, CBD1, CBD2. Uh, some people call them ECB1, ECB2. 
uh, and some. Uh, then they have long temple names as well. And basically, uh, what, what's known is THC is more stimulating to one of the receptors, and CBD is more stimulating to the other. And then, and, and then each of those receptors generates some other chemicals. Uh, again, having fancy names, one's called anandamide, one's called 2AG, uh, that then is responsible more directly for a lot of the active effects of each of those individual compounds. Uh, so, so it's it's sort of through this pathway of CBD and THC to the endocannabinoid receptors, uh, CB1, CB2, to these then modulating neurotransmitters transmitters of 2-AG and anandamide that then cause the physiological effects, um, whether it be the THC and its psychoactive effects or stimulating hunger, to CBD and its calming effects, effects on pain, inflammation, and sleep. Dr. Murdoch, uh, you know, I've been getting involved with the VA, and I, I think CBD is going to have a place for post-traumatic stress disorder with uh, our returning vets. So, I I would that 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 I would like to talk to you about it another uh, show, but just just for this program, how what should our listeners look for uh, to get the best possible product? Should they look for the method of extraction? Should they is should it that well? I think I could answer this one. It should be organic because hemp is is like a sponge for what I know. So what what are your thoughts about how? Uh, beside you, uh, Elevate Hemp, the company that uh, you represent. Is, uh, is there, what, what should our listeners be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my, my recommendation is you want, you want to try, you want to use that which is effective for you. And because this is still a, a young discipline, sometimes we don't know all those details. That's why you know, Elevate has a slew of products, and, and other companies have their own types of products as well, as we discussed, with the fatty acids, without the fatty acids, et cetera. You know, for me, what was really striking to me was that first time I tried it and forgot that I tried it and felt the way I did later that day. So I knew there was a therapeutic effect. I knew my shoulder pain was less, despite me being a couple months postoperative. I knew I felt calm but not sleepy and focused. Meanwhile, I, tr- I have tried other hemp products and didn't necessarily feel that same beneficial effect. I can't be sure what the difference was. I can't be sure whether it was the dosage versus or, you know, what, uh, what other chemicals were present, whether it be the fatty acids or other, um, other of the endocannabinoids found in, in hemp products. Um, but I can say, okay, I know I felt something with this one. Now, I think the way this is going to evolve within the next few years is I think we're going to see the ability to test uh, objectively for some of the therapeutic effects like we, like we see with other therapies now. So you mentioned statins at the start of your show and their potential to cause insulin resistance. Well, we have ways of actually checking those effects. We can uh, do biomarker tests to see how uh, lipids or cholesterol is affected and to see how blood sugar and insulin levels are affected. So we can actually understand directly how it affects you. I think we'll see the same thing uh, within the next few years where we can actually check your CBD levels as well as your levels of inflammation through a biomarker such as HSCRP. And that way we really can observe objectively the physiological effects to add a quantitative component to the qualitative experience that one has. 
And just for our yeah. listeners, uh, what he said was a high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. A lot of you have heard about C-reactive protein, but there's a more specific test. So just so uh, sometimes we use these uh, acronyms and <laughs> no one has any idea what we're talking about. I appreciate the clarification. Yeah. I had a question for you. There's uh, terpenes, which are like for distinctive smells and flavors. Do they have a potentiating effect with the CBD, uh, or do they just have no effect at all? That's a great question. And the answer is potentially. Uh, So, you know, by potentiating effect, you mean can it augment the CBD's effects or or make it have a a fuller effect? Correct. Like like many like many uh, like many things we've talked about uh, within the last hour, with the discipline still being young, we can't say for sure. But my my feeling is is that it, it can for some people. Uh, I think for some people, it, terpenes might not have a significant effect, and I'll bet for others it does. And that's just because you know we all have some different coding, genetic wiring, and how we respond. Uh, which is why you can't administer the exact same dose of the exact same type of anything, including CBD, to everyone and get the same response. Um, My feeling is, um, based on the early literature, that terpenes can have an effect for some people. Another interesting question. Um, I know one of the benefits of CBD is uh, antidepressant. You know, uh, going head-to-head with some of the psychedelic drugs that are being used today, (laughs) how effective are they? compared to some of the traditional medications? So, yes, you are absolutely right that CBD has, uh, in multiple studies, shown improvements in mood, and we also see that anecdotally from people. In my personal experience, I told you I felt really good and calm and at peace. Um, What has not been done is the head-to-head study, uh, comparing CBD with taking an antidepressant. I think we will see that very, very soon. And I, my feeling, my guess, is that we're not going to see that wide a difference. We may see some. Uh, the, the, you know, the antidepressants such as an SSRI, antidepressant like Prozac or Zoloft, they could come out ahead. They might. But I bet you the difference is going to be small enough that people are really going to ask the question, is it worth all the negative side effects that we know can exist with antidepressants uh, versus something else that can cause at least some of the bad effect with potentially positive side effects? That will be an interesting question. Yeah, I know with the SSR, I mean, these people actually can get addicted to that stuff and it can put weight on you. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a healthy situation. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think these natural ingredients are going to, you know, really forge ahead once the research is done. Well, I Dr. Agree. Wong sent uh, me an interesting cartoon, doctors. He sent me an, uh, Dr. Wong is a, is a star on the show, uh, and he is the, he probably <laughs> produces the, oh, you got to admit it. I mean, it's true. He probably produced the most potent systemic enzyme uh, on the market right now, and enzyme S's. But he sent me a cartoon that showed two uh, 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 dinosaurs each with a, uh, a handful of uh, human beings, and uh, the, the caption was, I guess we'll get a, our doses of antidepressants for today. <laughs> <laughs> well done. 
Well, uh, Dr. Murdoch, I, there's uh, some people, I don't know whether they'll talk up. We have a lot of listeners here. Maybe some of them will, will talk up and maybe want to ask you a question. Uh, area code 484, would you like to ask Dr. Murdoch a question? Uh, no, thank you. Um, well, I'm really confused between the CBD and the hemp oil. Are they equivalent, or should you choose one over the other? Certainly. Did you hear I'm, that, Dr. Murdoch? I did. So hemp oil contains CBD, and it also contains other ingredients, such as typically omega fatty acids and sometimes some other endocannabinoids that are present in smaller amounts. CBD, so CBD is in hemp oil, but you can also get separately purified CBD from hemp oil that doesn't contain those other ingredients. So I think in, a, in essence, you're saying that the CBD is much more concentrated and will have a higher percentage of effectiveness as opposed to taking hemp oil, which is probably more of like a nutritional uh, component. Uh, correct. So the CBD is purified uh, CBD. So its concentration is typically you know, approaching uh, you know, almost 100%. Um, now, in terms of effectiveness, that, that – there's still some debate there, as we discussed earlier in the show, in that is the effect prime, purely due to the CBD, or is it a synerg- can you have a synergistic effect from the CBD and other items present in hemp oil, such as the omega fatty acids and other endocannabinoids and antioxidants? Um, I think for, it's going to be different for different people. Uh, but that, those are the, that's the primary differences. Thank you. Dr. John, do you have a, a question? I guess no, not at this time, but it's very interesting. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Doc, yeah, Doc, Dr. Murdoch, uh, I, I notice also that it's a great for nausea uh, and people, I guess, with a chemotherapy or other uh, you know, medications that give a side effect of nausea. How, how effective is it uh, to overcome that? Because I know when my wife was getting... At chemo, uh, I, I was getting drugs for 200 hours of prescription for, for nausea, and I'm sure if I would have had the CBD, I would have went for that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So this is, you know, uh, we, we talked at the start of the show about the differences between THC and CBD, uh, and uh, THC is responsible for more of the psychoactive effects, while CBD for calm and pain relief. Nausea is an interesting one. Nausea is 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 an effect that both THC and CBD have shown some benefit for. In terms of THC, uh, we know it to be an appetite stimulant, in fact, and why you might get, uh, you know, quote, the munchies. So, the, the, you know, a lot of people wonder, okay, well, should I have THC? Should I have THC and CBD together? Um, should I have just CBD? And I would say, like, like a many things, that's going to vary by the individual. I'd certainly start with CBD because then you don't risk any of the side effects that you get with THC like the psychoactive. If you find that effective for your nausea, great. If you don't, then it might be worth considering taking a CBD and THC combination because as I mentioned, if, if assuming it's legal in your state or, or you get via prescription because the CBD, as I mentioned, can offset some of the psychoactive components mm, of the THC point. Uh, and then that way you get the nausea benefit from the THC without necessarily as prominent a psychoactive effect. 
Great point. Uh, we have another person online here um, that has uh, polymyalgia rheumatica and some other uh, arthritis problems. Uh, do you want to ask a question of Dr. Murdoch? Uh, Elaine, did you want to ask a question? I guess not. Okay, so so it is anti. I mean, I learned, uh, I forgot, and and learned and relearned again that it was anti-inflammatory. But as I'm going to put in my in the introduction to my book, which is going to is, is at least six months away, as uh, I'm old enough to remember when insulin was only thirty-five dollars a vial. It's incredible, three hundred and some dollars a vial for diabetics is crazy. But anyway, um, Doctor Doctor Jerry, you, do you have anything uh, else for Doctor? Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned about children. Um, there were some news uh, clips where uh, parents were using it with children with, who had epileptic seizures and getting phenomenal results with it, the CBD. Could you comment on that? Or? You're absolutely right. Um, there's been it hasn't it hasn't gotten extensive study, but there's an uh, an impressive amount of anecdotal experience using CBD and seizures. If you look at uh, if you look at message boards and in pediatric practices, you're, you're hearing it commented on more and more. Again, we don't know the long-term effects on CBD in the youth, but, uh, I, you know, as someone that's taking care of many seizure patients, I know pa- pa- many parents are looking for anything that will try to reduce the frequency of seizures because seizures are so high risk, especially as you get older and you want to start driving and doing other activities. So there's a lot of anecdotal experience um, and I and I'm and I'll, I'm certain there's studies going on right now that'll help uh, give more answers within the next few years. You know, and our our listeners can always look up the Stanley brothers uh, because they were instrumental in uh, the hemp extract that known as Charlotte's Web that was used to treat Charlotte Figgy, and I think yes, that's why it's called Charlotte's Web uh, for her. Um, she had a specific syndrome that had had her having 300 seizures a week. Uh, but uh, they disappeared when these uh, when the family started using this uh, extract made by the Stanley brothers. So uh, I, after that, I lost track of it, and I, I guess there, are, like you say, there has been no no studies that have been published anyway so far. Well, yeah, Dr. Murdoch, could you comment on the the neuroprotective effect of the CBD oils and you know strokes or traumas? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, and the answer is you know, most of the damage that happens in situations like that, um, strokes and other acute injuries, is mediated by uh, the same mechanism, which is destruction of the tissue via free radicals. For example, a stroke is when there's not enough blood flow to the brain, so the brain, not getting all the oxygen it should from blood, um, starts to break down, and then their inflammation rushes in because some tissue is destroyed, just like if you sprain your ankle, um, some tissue is disrupted, and so your ankle gets really swollen and really inflamed. Well, the same thing happens in the brain. And unfortunately, that inflammatory response, while meant to be protective, can, can be damaging and, and surround a wider, a wider area. So what medicine is constantly looking for is therapies that might um, slow down, decrease, that inflammatory or free radical damage to surrounding tissues. Many therapies have been tried. Um, 
some have shown some potential effect, and I could list a long, a long list of chemicals. It is not unreasonable to think that CBD could have that potential as well. Uh, it, it hasn't been explored. At least I have not seen that study. Um, but again, from a physiological mechanism, like some other, some other therapies that have been explored, it could theoretically at least reduce the, theoretically, reduce the significance um, of, of that acute trauma. I think, like a lot of things, we'll see a lot of a lot of study in that and other therapies over the next couple decades to to see really what seems to have the most significant effect. Dr. Murdoch, I know we've taken advantage of your time, and I do apologize. I told Sean a, a half hour, but this has really been interesting, and you present it uh, really well. So I, I want to thank you for that. But I really can't uh, let you go until uh, we just talk about. Dosing guidelines, you know, what's the best time of day to take it? I mean, uh, is, is there any, any any guidelines for taking CBD? So with uh, the answer is uh, there's not. Um, here's what I have found uh, in terms of my anecdotal experience in reviewing the research and that different people experience it differently. I have had plenty of people tell me, I take it first thing in the morning, and it just makes me feel right all day. And I have plenty of other people tell me I take it at night, and I sleep so well. My suggestion is because a research study can't be performed on you, the individual, you, the individual, try a few different ways uh, in terms of when you try it. Same with the dosing. Um, I, you know, I gave my personal experience that I tried a few things, didn't feel much, and I tried one thing and, and felt it uh, significantly. You, know, you can do some adjustments. You are not going to do yourself harm by doing a little uh, experimentation on yourself in this case. You're not going to overdose. You're not going to cause negative side effects. So it's not unreasonable to, to adjust because you know, no one's going to give as much attention to your health as you. And so only you can really perform that study on yourself. Excellent. Dr. Dr. Sykes, thank you so much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to Dr. Murdoch Kaliji. Uh, he is in, he has his own practice uh, in the emergency department. He consults for a lot of other companies. He's well-educated. He also consults for Elevate. That, that's the name of the company that makes the hemp, the CBD that you consult with. Am I right, or Dr. Murdoch? That's correct. Okay. So he, 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 he consults for them and, uh, and to his credit, he didn't uh, just talk about Elevate tonight, but, you know, you have to know that that's how I uh, was introduced to Dr. Murdoch. He also has, um, uh, from doing a little bit of research on him, he, he's like our good friend of this program, Dr. Russell Jaffe. He also has predictive biomarkers, and maybe at another time we can talk about them. Uh, we have talked to Dr. Russell Jaffe, and I don't know if you're familiar with his work at the NIH, but he also has the uh, an eight panel of predictive biomarkers that he talks about. And I think they're really worthwhile, and uh, we promote them on this program. So with that, doctor, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. I know you, you, you took a lot of time. I hope uh, you're, you're, if you're married, your wife and children won't be mad at us, but <laughs> this, we will put this program out there. It'll be on YouTube in, in a couple of days, and uh, I hope the people listen to it and, 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 uh, Maybe don't have a maybe they won't have this stigma about CBD and its association with marijuana and THC, and uh, you know maybe give it a try. So thank you very very much. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation, and thanks for everything you do. All right, have a great day, and I hope to talk to you again.
All right, you as well. Bye. Well, that was really good. I, I enjoyed that. And and Jerry, I did didn't really you know the anti-inflammatory aspect of CBD. It's uh, it fits in with our program. Well, absolutely. It gives people alternatives, you know, choices. Yep. I mean, you know, the thousands of people die from the NSAIDs uh, that, that take them chronically or go into kidney failure. Here you have a natural uh, alternative. Right. And, and how uh, about gastric bleeding from the darn NSAID drugs? Yeah. yeah. And the leaky gut. Yeah. And the leaky brain. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a domino effect of everything that can go wrong with those drugs. So we learned a lot today. Really, uh, that was a great interview. Uh, he he was really collegial, and uh, I learned a lot. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about the Dr. Jerry Smith's new book, uh, "How to Get to the Root Cause of Your Illness." Or what is the exact uh, title, Dr. Jerry? Remove the splinters and watch the body heal. Okay, so the splinters are, you know, what you want to get out. You just don't want to put a Band-Aid. If you have a splinter on your finger or under, on your toe, you just don't want to put a Band-Aid and some, well, in my day, Mercurochrome on it and tape it up. You want to take that darn thing out and let it heal. Exactly. So, Too uh, simple. Right? That's the problem. You got it. So we'll talk, talk about that next week in addition <laughs> to some current topics. And, again, we'll try and take calls at the end of the program. I want to thank everybody for listening. And um, uh, tomorrow uh, our uh, – in-house musician Fred is going to uh, go into the studio. We'll have a, a, a closing number from him. But in the meantime, there's a little group from uh, Philadelphia that played the blues. So, Jerry, thank you so much, and a great, great program, great questions, and uh, we'll see everybody on the radio next week. Ciao. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, Dr. Ron and Dr. Jerry with special guest, Dr. Murdoch Kaliji, talking about CBD and its effects. If you care to listen to this show, you can find it here on Blog Talk Radio. You can find it on iTunes, Podcasts, Blueberry, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, 24-7 after this uh, show is ended. So thank you so much, and we'll see you on the radio next week. Ciao.